0: Hello, guys. Welcome to the new episode of Everyday Talkies. And today I have back. No, no. Today I am back <laughs> with a very old OG guest. Pushkar is on the house after his long break. Or was it long? I don't
1: know. Yeah, it's been too long.
0: Yeah. Well, Pushkar was too lazy to read any new books or was too slow. So we have decided to change Book Corner to Review Corner because he wanted to do more of movie reviews and series reviews and what else.
1: In my defense, I also had a lot of college work and I don't know, the books I've been attracted to these days have all been like thousand pages long, so, yeah. Yeah, and I'm also lazy, but, No,
0: no, the thing is, you're not lazy, it's just that you spend way too much time watching way too much shit. True, true. Yeah, I don't know. You you don't care about exams. Don't tell me that. I've seen you binging on shows a day before exam. So, let's just get that out of the way.
1: Okay, it helps me study, all right?
0: Be glad your parents are not listening to this. But let's move on. Uh,
1: you'll have to cut this out.
0: Uh, well, I'll see. If this feels like a good enough content and it uh, gets you some action in your house, then... Well,
1: why not? तु मतलब, तु मतलब this podcast <laughs> is costing me too much. Like
0: Well, it's benefiting me a lot. I'm mooching off too much great content from you. <laughs> <laughs> I, the last nail in the coffin, or you know what? The last bit would be just your book launching and becoming like an international bestseller. That's it.
1: Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, like, how time is ho But so far, nothing has happened. So we'll
0: see. Well, well, 2021 is out there. It's coming. Probably you will get new good news. Uh Too much bakwas. Let's get uh, into the main theme of show, the show. Review corner. So what are we reviewing today? So?
1: Uh, I think we've already we already have reviewed it. But the audience will have to listen to this uh, podcast in reverse in order to understand what we're doing.
0: <laughs> well, if anybody can guess the name of the movie from this small and beautiful synopsis by Pushkar, write down yeah. in the comment section. This is not YouTube. I don't know where the comment section is. So tweet it. The comment section
1: is like uh, just DM us like Instagram pe DM Anshul. And yes. tell him like your theories. Okay, thanks. This is a good this was a good show. Um Nikte <laughs> Abby.
0: but how unique? or difficult it would be to review this in a reverse or inverse manner.
1: I mean, we could just do what Nolan did, you know, we just shoot a bunch of uh, things in forward and then press the reverse button. So, we just like record normally and then release Karthavak, just release it, release it uh, in the reverse order.
0: So, basically, it's an Instagram reel and it's a filter that everyone is using. You are saying that ha, Nolan ripped off Instagram reel ideas? Not reel, boomerang. boomerang. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't be a boomer, bro. It's boomerang. See, I am a boomer in terms of um, social media. Yeah. Guys, we're reviewing 10 after all this, I don't know, like, uh, why we decided to review this behemoth of a movie on our first try. Hopefully, this does not become, like, this unreleased episode of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy's review. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we established a very good tradition in our uh, Star Trek Lower Decks review days. Do
1: you remember we what that been. is? Reading the log line. going IMDB? Yes, I
0: thought, why not? Just study, like, do you see? Nolan do you see? IMDB Okay, let's uh, open up IMDb. For, first of all, guys, watch it in the theatres any which ways. Today, Pushkar had a very amazing episode, like, you know, experience. He went to the theatres and only five of them were just in the whole theatre. So, it was an awesome Covid experience. You can have the whole theatre by yourself. Ask the theatre guys to play it for you on a slow motion. Or just rewind some scenes if you don't understand. It would be worth it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Dude, like, it's been so surreal, like, being in a theatre after, like, nine months, you know, it's weird.
0: Imagine the... Uh, creative industry, the whole film industry who had to pause shooting or you know do whatever they had to to get these movies yeah
1: right now like we have this whole thing Nolan is like uh, full on slamming Warner Brothers for uh, doing this whole um,
0: simultaneous
1: release thing where you uh, release uh, their movies where Warner Brothers is releasing all their next year's big movies in theatres and on uh, their streaming service at the same time so like all, all the directors and all the all the actors and everyone is like uh, completely like angry with them because they weren't consulted at all Mm, Yeah, I I get their frustration because what happens is in most of these big movies you know most directors and actors what they choose to do is instead instead of taking an upfront payment they're like uh, we'll take a nominal fee right now and then we'll take a percentage of the earnings right You don't. if you open in theaters and the streaming service at the same time the movie won't earn anything and these people won't get paid not to you know defend rich people uh, already but still it's, it's a pretty shitty movie
0: yeah and after all you know like when you make a movie you want the producer to just earn enough profit you know like so that such movies keep on coming you don't want this whole thing to end you know there have been movies in the past where you to budget you know Blade Runner is being like one of the biggest examples I don't know how did they pull out the second sequel uh,
1: that's what I'm most scared of yeah but even that sequel tanks so that's what I'm scared of you know? now that uh, Danny Villeneuve has said that he's uh, the first Dune movie that's coming out it's only going to be the first half of the book and depending on how it does they're gonna decide uh, if they let him make the second half so yeah like I'm very worried about what, what's gonna happen with all that
0: Let's see COVID has dropped all these plans everybody's is losing money but well we are not here to talk about that let's jump into tenant. After our fans just go away, listen, you know, wondering. Oh, we don't have any fans. What am I talking about? Amitok, no, let's just move ahead. <laughs> uh, let's just quickly no, our finish fans up from that.
1: the future. Our, our fans from the future. Oh yes,
0: yes, yes. Our fans from the future, guys. Uh yes. <laughs> Let's just finish off the time TV shitty one-liner, whatever they've written. Let me read this. Okay. Arm um, with only one word. Tenant. And fighting for the survival of the entire world. The protagonist journeys through a twilight world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time.
1: Yeah, they managed to jam in like so much of uh, yeah. so much of the movies, uh their principal words, you know, like Tenet,
0: Twilight World. Uh, oh they, they 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 just missed one thing. Temporal pincer. what pincer movement? What what was Temporal Pincer movement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had to just include that in and then this this description was like 100% correct. It, it would have been just as confusing as the movie. <laughs> okay, 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 first of all. Like, should we avoid the spoilers? I don't know. Like, guys, please watch it. Um, I think it's there on some streaming services, as Pushkar said, and um, I think it's on Prime, or it will come soon. Uh, or you can buy it off. Like it's not on pri- It's not on the subscription basis. You can buy that movie specifically. I think. Uh, yeah, it's or- out
1: everywhere now. So you know. And like we'll talk about we'll talk about uh, you know our first impressions and everything, and then we'll move on to like spoilers maybe.
0: I don't know. Like uh, if we are in the, I would say, capacity to explain the whole plot because I am su- surely not. But yeah, we'll go through our first impressions. So, Pushkar, over to you. You now have watched this movie twice. So, I'll ask you one question. First of all, how was the theatre experience of watching Tenet?
1: The theatre experience, I think Tenet is a movie that can only be watched in theatres. I really liked the movie, first of all. I absolutely enjoyed it watching it in theatres. And the thing, uh, because the second time I watched it, uh, i honestly, I'll tell you like, it's not that it's not uh, watchable or rewatchable or something, but if you're watching it on a small screen, you just you just keep getting distracted because it's not as captivating. Yeah, I'm trying to avoid saying that it's boring
0: or anything, but yeah. But okay, wait, let me pause you there. You said it failed to captivate you on the second watch. Was it because because of the movie plotline, because of how people have compl- complained that how confusing it was and how some of the sound design was something which people did not really like? Now, I have no complaints with the sound design but I don't know why people are saying that too much. Probably I'm just uh, ignorant about that but uh, was it because of the confusing plot line or was it because of something totally different?
1: No, that's generally like that. that that's just a Nolan complaint with all of his movies that uh, sometimes his. Uh, uh, you know ambient sound or the score usually takes over and you can't hear the dialogue but that is one of the reasons why you should watch the movie in theatres because when I was watching it in the theatre I had absolutely no problem with any of the sounds or anything like that uh, granted I was watching it with subtitles but still like um, yeah, yeah. You go to uh, a Nolan movie because, you know, you have someone like Hans Zimmer or in this case Ludwig Goransson who I think has like almost made a better score than Hans Zimmer ever could. You get to hear that score in a theatre environment and that is like complete, you know, that is amazing. That's what I was coming at. uh, With a movie like Tenet, I like it because… It's like I like to talk about how *Tenet* was made more than *Tenet* itself. Like I'm not interested in the movie as such as much as how it was made. It, it's one of those movies for me.
0: So you're more into the technical side of things on the cinematography yeah. and uh, the way it was shot and all of that. But then that is something which like you get fascinated about with all Nolan movies, right? There is something in all their movies from *Interstellar*. to...
1: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. That's the thing. But uh, see, what happens is you know there are some movies you watch and you have like an emotional connection with them. Movies that you know stay with you and you're like you know they're close to your heart, or movies that are just like come. Watches that you can you know, you know throw on any time or something like that. With something like Tenet, it's like I would rather watch a documentary about Tenet two more times than watching Tenet itself. What about you? What
0: was your first impression? With me, I could not watch it in the theatres. So I had my laptop close up so that I could get that theatre feeling. And <laughs> first of all, the movie is long, man.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, the, it does not... Once it
0: starts, it absolutely does not stop. I mean, it goes at like break, breakneck speed. Yeah, that is what something which I like. I want to stress at. Because of the length of the movie, usually sometimes you feel boring, except of the few Avengers movies, but... This movie was so fast paced that you could not get a breathing space like usually some movies are like there's um, action 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 and then the movie slows down a bit but you get you catch up but here the scenes were changing so quickly and the transitions were so abrupt that it just you know sometimes my head hurt just to catch up with the whole movie.
1: <laughs> I know what you mean.
0: I like think it's exhausting after a point, I guess.
1: I can understand that. See, that's why I, I think you should definitely like watch this in a theatre because you have absolutely no distractions, right? So, you can better keep, you can keep up better with the speed of the movie. Like, uh, I think w- even watching the first time, uh, I was watching with a friend and even uh, we observed that after the first half, it was like, it absolutely give, does not give you time to, you know, even recollect your thoughts because scenes just happen and then you, you're on to the next action scene or the next uh, dialogue or like,
0: you know, it just keeps on going, 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 going. Without giving you much time. Apart from all of this, see, you know my few small criterias of liking a movie. <laughs> I am not that into technical of how it was shot and all of that. Though it, you know, yeah. I'm slowly getting into that. Like I'm enjoying the process and how it is shot and all of that after you know, just thing or reading about uh, some of these movies. But come on, it's sci-fi. It's Nolan, <laughs> and um, it was a new concept something which was never yeah. explored before in that depth so I like it, I, I like it yeah, like initially I thought when everybody was saying that this was confusing I thought it was that interstellar effect where everybody said it was confusing but when I watched it interstellar it was like you know I liked it and I understood it because I had some background I thought this would be the same yeah. you know, because I have some background and I have read I am interested in these concepts so I'll, I'll be able to get it I'll be able to get the entire movie in like one go and yeah I've been, never been so wrong uh, like I understood the movie I understand the general concept and I understand everything but there are so many nuances right that you tend to miss out on some scenes or the other. Like, what exactly is happening there? Which, Where is it? Is, it, is this the forward one or is it the reverse one? You know, because I tried to recall it. Okay, this is the forward forward. now it's reverse. And now my brain just becomes blank. Now what just happened? So yeah, that kept on happening. But yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it.
1: I think I know, also in like many parts of the movie, it's hard to make out because just the way it's shot. And in like the cinematography is beautiful, but also in some places, the way it's shot and edited together, sometimes you tend to get confused about which, uh, if you're if you if you're going in forward time or if you're going in reverse time, you know. Yeah. And it, then it becomes hard to make out exactly what is happening.
0: The most confusing part I'll tell you for me was, uh, do you remember that uh, last scene when the red and blue team happened? Yeah. Now I understand what they're doing, but who were they shooting yeah. at? I could not see the villains.
1: Exactly. Like that's what I was talking. Like even I was going uh, going to get to that because mm-hmm. the end, like the whole way that the finale is shot you know like there are some parts of it which are uh, very cool which are discernible like uh, the moment that they both like blue team and red team both like you know blow up a building yeah. yeah. you see it blowing up in forward time and reverse time that, that is cool but the rest of it you just like you're lost most of the time because it's just either somebody's river running in forward time or somebody's running in reverse time and they're you know vaguely shooting at
0: it and it's not only about that right see first of all there's two teams, one is on the forward time and another is in the reverse time. That's good. Okay, it's pretty much you can discern that. But then they have these shooting patterns. They're like four combinations of shooting patterns. Now, with the red team, imagine they're going in forward time. So what yeah. they do is they sometimes shoot it from the red's perspective, then they sometimes shoot it from the blue's perspective. That's with this. Yeah. Same thing with that. So there are like four types of shots intermixed together, and then you sometimes get so confused. I what in the beginning of the section, I thought, are they shooting at each other? Because I could not see like the, the soldiers of Sator I could not see like who are his soldiers like who are they fighting against I could not see them at all Like except the few scenes yeah. the close up scenes where you know towards the end and all of that but yeah apart from that I could not see anyone
1: yeah that's the thing I mean uh, it does not absolutely give you any time to get prepared or get acquainted with uh, a lot of the uh, things you know you just have to keep up with uh Nolan, what Nolan thinks is normal speed. So let's start with maybe get into some spoilers or something. Basically, from what I read up on the movie, Nolan had this idea for like uh, 20 years and he had been developing for like 10 years and it took him like 5 years to write the screenplay. You know, this is like the usual thing with all big directors. Like, you know, you have Quentin Tarantino who thought, uh, who you know, thought of writing Inglo's bastards back in the 90s but it took him like 20 years and whatnot but this is always there. But, okay, so yeah, initially, uh, This I told you. Like he brought on uh, Kip Thorne, who was the uh, physicist that was the consultant on Interstellar to, you know, explain all the quantum mechanics. And I think you know this is a bit of a cheat because I honestly think we should all get uh, you know like uh, our own version of Kip Thorne to sit (laughs) next to us while watching the movie so he can explain like what exactly is happening sometimes.
0: You know that is something which we require. And but you know a very interesting fact on this one which I read was that Nolan himself said that this is not exactly scientifically accurate, because uh, that was a discussion that was going on during Interstellar, right? When he said that this is, like, totally scientific accurate, and, um, you know, then Kipthron backlash, and then there was a backlash from the community and all of that, and so this time, I think he was uh, he he acknowledged that, yeah, that it is based on some real physics uh, facts and uh, phenomena, but, yeah, obviously, they have taken it and then exaggerated it.
1: I mean, like, I've seen the movie twice now, and I still have no idea, like, how exactly do you invert a thing um, you know like how exactly do you invert the entropy of a thing
0: yeah the entropy of a thing inversion how do you do it that is something which you don't do okay i they yeah, have this like, that this machine that's a crazy machine that's a charge that they use leave that. Yeah. But the whole concept that you can reverse the entropy i actually read this uh, in one of my favorites book that is a brief history of name Stephen Hawking and hmm. um, where they thought about these three arrows of time and how this happened so it was a very I read it way back, and when the first time they introduced this concept in the beginning of the film, I was like, Damn, "I know about this. I'm gonna get this film. This is gonna be so awesome. I'm gonna be the first person to understand it completely." Too cocky, I was.
1: Yeah, but yeah, no, but uh, I like, I still don't get completely the whole idea of inversion, like. Okay you invert something uh, you uh, forget about people because people have apparently have free will so they can you know get inverted and uh, do whatever they want but if a thing is inverted how does it travel back in time
0: let me make this concept clear so do you know what entropy is yeah entropy
1: is like the expansion of the universe
0: no 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 okay that's a misconception entropy is that a body tends to move towards of a uh, towards a state of a disorder now okay. anybody who is more educated and more explained than me in the social media section and please don't uh, blame me i'm trying to explain this the best i have possibly understood if i'm speaking anything wrong feel free to comment or uh, not comment or whatever i don't know whatever this is i'm giving disclaimer but let's go ahead so basically if you see um, let's imagine this way that you have a uh, enclosed box and okay. if you um, push in let's say one cc of oxygen so Hmm. the general state of matter is that it will expand it will vibrate more it tends to Hmm. move into a more greater state of disorder. That is why it is yeah. said that the universe is expanding because the matter is tending towards a more uh, natural state of disorder. Now, if you, uh, let's look at it this way. If you drop a cup and it drops on the floor right. and it breaks, so the entropy increases. It means disorder increases in the universe. Okay. So that's the entropy. So what we see is that with time, entropy always in- increases. We dissipate heat.
1: Right. So, okay. So the whole idea behind inversion is you try to... Uh, Scale back the chaos.
0: Yes, exactly, exactly. So, if you scale back the chaos, oh. what will happen? That a, a broken piece of cup will rejoin itself to a more ordered state. The world yeah. will come into a more ordered state, and I think the I thought they should touch upon this a bit more in a very small section, which I liked, I don't know how many people realize this when they were they had this brief dialogue about climate.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what like my friend and I we were like later talking about that. Uh, Oh, Tenet is actually a uh, uh, environment, climate change propaganda.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think now, I might be wrong, but the future people who started this war was that humans in the past did not take care of Earth and everything yeah. was dying. That is what is happening in the real world as well. You can't deny that. So what yeah. they did was they thought, and that is because the world moves towards a more chaotic state. Chaotic state, right. And that is why the climate change is deteriorating and we're not taking care of it. So what the future people thought was, if they reverse the arrow of time, if the entire yeah. universe moves towards a more ordered state then climate will always be in a more let's say healthier state or whatever no it
1: makes sense like instead sort of you know uh, the world is always moving towards degradation if you reverse it it will move towards a more ordered state okay like okay yeah. now the plan more, makes a little more sense because when i was watching it i was like uh, you're definitely on the side of the protagonist because he's like you can't obviously you can't erase the past you won't have a future otherwise but if
0: you explain it this way, I think it makes a lot more sense. No, This is one thing where I found they just used it for the plot of the movie was that the future said, se- uh, the future whosoever uh, people who thought that this would be a good idea and it won't affect them. Like I was wondering how? Yeah. Because again, they use these grandfather paradox and all of this. And because these have no answers, you are yeah. left in a free will society that you can think whatever you want. But from an innate sense of you know common sense, which tends to break yeah. down in this weird world of physics is if you reverse the order of time and if there's no past, how are you yourself there you know there are many theories there are many things you can talk about but then yeah this was something which was like bothering me but I understand they just took a you know nobody knows about it so let's just go with it
1: And I think that's the thing uh, I think what most people uh, maybe were uh ...you know, hindered by with this movie and what even I was hindered by is... if ...when you introduce something like time travel or, uh, you know, one of these quantum physics type subjects in a movie... ...usually what you do is you introduce them so that you can uh, move your story in a certain way, you know. Maybe you want to have, like, a certain emotional uh, scene between, uh, let's say, like, someone... uh, ...like, you want to create situations of emotional tension which would not happen, normally happen in uh, real life for example you take back to the future the whole point of back to the future is not about creating you know not about explaining how time travel works but more about you know uh, marty mcfly going back in time to see his parents at his age you know and to interact with them so like that it's like the story the time travel aspect exists so that it can force the characters into this kind of situation which is generally impossible but it, it has a lot of emotional weight right with tenet it's like i think nolan is more concerned with how the time travel works rather than or like how the whole inversion works rather than you know why it has why it's happening because uh, the protagonist as he's called in the movie he is not actively he does not become an active part of the story until the very end you know, when you find out that the whole thing was actually his idea from the future and this and that I, up until then he's just like a he's just there because uh, he got caught up into this uh, whole mess you know so like the characters around him always have more information than he does and because of that we are just lost as he, he is and there's there's not a lot of uh, uh, there's not a lot of emotional weight to any of the uh, you know any of the story. There's that whole thing with, uh, you know, uh, her, like, uh, Catherine's character and her kid and whatnot. But that is also, like, so much on the sidelines.
0: Yeah, that is actually a good point. That, um, why is this important for our protagonist to do this?
1: That's the thing. We, we barely know anything about him other than, yeah, like, he's, he's a good person and he's trustworthy because he did not, you know, give up his team uh, in the, uh, you know, opening scene of the movie. That's... Yeah. Pretty much all we know about
0: him. I'm just speculating here, but probably Nolan and his team, like, they got more fond of the of this idea itself. Rather than yeah. um, connecting with the audience. Because I understand because of all his movies and all his um, work, you can see that he explores these weird concepts and he tries to bring them in mainstream cinema. Mm-hmm. And I love that about him. And I wish he never stops yeah, that. Yeah. Because that Definitely. is something which I thoroughly enjoy. But you also have to understand that to introduce that mm-hmm. but also bring out that emotional connect. Because even if you don't understand the movie completely, at least you go through that character's journey and you feel what he's feeling like you know probably what am I talking I don't know like if it makes sense but <laughs> that I think that was something which is missing I guess core from the
1: movie I, I'm not saying that Nolan should you know de- suddenly turn into like Taika Waititi or something <laughs> but uh, because the style Nolan has definitely works I think uh, Dunkirk is probably his strongest film and in that um it definitely works because it's it's trying to send a it's trying to talk about a larger message of war instead of you know maybe personal characters because the whole the whole movie is about this one uh big event and how you know everybody uh you know for that dunkirk evacuation to happen everybody had to play their you know small parts so you don't maybe like in in that case you don't need to know everybody's motivation or everybody's character because you have a bigger like general idea of what this is about because you know it's a familiar concept it's world war 2 uh, the british are the good guys the nazis are the bad guys and uh, so that whole stage is set for you so you don't need to do a lot of work there uh, you know i can't say the same about this because this is it comes with absolutely no information or context and i get that you know nolan is trying to make a spy movie like it's his take on maybe what a james bond movie would be like but again it's like you need something more than just you know this one cool concept that you have and not that there's anything wrong with it because i still enjoyed watching the movie Yes, it has problems uh, and uh, everything, but it is still, uh, you know, uh, it's it's still a Christopher Nolan movie with a Christopher Nolan uh, budget and, you know, with his whole vision, which is really interesting to to watch. That's why I said, like, um, I would love to watch a movie about the making of Tenet rather than Tenet.
0: Makes sense, makes sense. Okay, so let's not drag this too long. If I had to ask you, who was your favorite character in the movie? What
1: would you say? Oh bro, it was Dimple Kapadia. Oh, yeah, that was a... <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> just because, you know, representation, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool.
0: Makes sense. Okay, now Indian fans will watch Tenet.
1: Go ahead. No, that's what, dude. I just read the news because I was just like, you know, let's Google Tenet to see if I can find something interesting. First news that pops up, Tenet, Tenet is the most watched uh, movie in India post lockdown. Like
0: right Works of including an Indian actress. But yeah, works. Yeah,
1: it's not like uh, there aren't enough uh, Nolan fans in India already, like... <laughs> Okay but some and some of the interesting stuff about it Oh yeah one more like uh, One personal uh, connection I have With Tenet I guess now is that um, You know the scenes that they filmed in Mumbai Tell me you have visited them I lived there dude like uh, that scene uh, in Kolaba uh-huh. Where you know where he first comes out of this uh, Cafe or walkway whatever That's actually uh, that is like the Kolaba Causeway and I I lived there for a month When I entered uh, last year You know so I used to like walk that same Path every day for like a month yeah that was funny like that was interesting to watch and it's it's funny to watch um you know movie shot where shot in the places that you built because you you immediately start to realize that the geography of this absolutely makes no sense they just wanted to <laughs> film at interesting places and they edited yeah. it together because uh if you look up from that cafe there's the building that's shown it's not there it's some other building in some other place so then it's movie magic another another funny thing i read was uh You know, what building they were actually going to use instead of the one they ended up using because they could not get permission? Antilla? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, Ambani's house. Yeah, that would be worth it. But okay, you know, the main reason why I wanted to ask this question was, I thought you would say Michael Caine was your favorite character.
1: Why? Because he's in like two scenes? Not even yeah, not two, he's in one scene.
0: No, because you need to tell people that he's such an awesome character, that he's there in all Nolan movies. I mean,
1: yeah, he's it's like, it's, a, it's pretty well known at this point that, you know, Michael Caine is basically his lucky charm. He likes to keep him in like all his movies. But yeah, like, I think my favorite character was probably Neil. Because Neil is uh-huh. like the, he's like the James Bond that you want in a spy movie. Because the protagonist, like, as much as I love... Uh, the actor you know John David Washington who is uh, Denzel Washington's son and if you haven't seen uh, Black Landsman he is amazing in it as much as I love the actor it's like he's not given a lot of, or lo- like he's not even anything to do really in the movie except you know uh, look look stoic and you know maybe do a little action but like Neil is you know Neil is uh, his character is always like later we find out that he basically knows the whole plot of the movie before the movie even happens <laughs> so I think that was really good and uh, one thing I absolutely like hated about this movie and I think It's kind of beneath Nolan at this point is um, the villain, you know, Andrei Seltor. First of all, the actor, I understand why they cast Kenneth Branagh because Kenneth Branagh is basically British. He's been in a few Nolan movies and he's just there, so they cast him. But Kenneth Branagh has played the same character in at least like two other movies. He's played the same, you know, Russian uh, oligarch villain. In, uh, he played that in the Jack Reacher movie with Chris Pine, mm-hmm. and I think another movie. Like he's played the same character, and, and and you know when like the first moment he came on screen, I was like, oh, this is this is just the same guy. Like this is I cannot take him seriously because this is a cartoon. Mm-hmm. It's like that heavy Russian accent, and you know, talking like uh, you know, talking all serious and whatnot. It's just it was completely cartoon-y. I'm Like
0: I get your point,
1: yeah, I really loved like Robert Pattinson in this movie. He's First of all, an amazing actor, and if you're still hung up on the whole Twilight thing, like, go watch any of his movies he's done after Twilight. He's absolutely amazing in it.
0: Or just wait for Batman.
1: Oh, or just wait for Batman, yeah. Yeah. Dude, that is going to be awesome. Okay, what about you? What was your favourite? Not just character, but what was your favourite
0: thing? I did not know that this question had to come back to me as well. Because I was just going for this <laughs> <own> answer. Uh, <laughs> now I have to seriously <laughs> think. Okay, my favourite aspect was, I would say, that entire end sequence after the, basically I tell you from when. From when Neil breaks the chain of action, so he breaks the chain of action. Neil. So, when Neil was in the blue team, so in the last sequence when there was oh, red he he, team, he
1: turns again, like uh, he goes yeah. from the blue team and turns again. Okay, nice.
0: Yeah, so from that sequence, I um, understood the whole thing properly because before that it was a bit lost, and then that actually grooved me in, and that involved me, and then the whole sequence went around. So that entire thing, uh, I I liked uh, the whole plot key how he went, and basically you see. I told you right? I'm not into more of cinematography, so that probably you can judge more better. I can only say that the transitions were too fast for my brain to handle. But <laughs> that entire sequence was something which I really loved. And um, when uh, it reveals that he was the guy, I mean, you could understand that yeah, he, he will become the guy who saved him in the beginning sequence, in the first shot. Yeah. And um, yeah, you could predict that. But then, yeah, he was the one who tied there and towards the end when they part ways. Yeah, that whole thing was awesome. Yeah, except that, I would say, the cliche thing on the boat with Cat and Satan. I, I was like, yeah, that's right
1: i think uh, there are there are some really cool things about the movie like it definitely reminded me of some of the old spy movies that i used to watch basically john Lacar movies you know they used to the adaptations they used to have back in the day which were not you know uh, like james bond level type spy movies but more you know quiet reserved type of spy things like uh, something like night manager or the spy who came in from the cold or tinker taylor soldier spy it reminded me a lot of that that was amazing uh, just the sheer another thing just the sheer audacity of uh, crashing an actual uh, Boeing 747 oh into, yes <laughs> oh, 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 damn. how could I forget that yeah yeah. It, like they made such a big deal out of it but it's not really that big of a part of a movie but just the sheer audacity that someone like only Nolan could do that was amazing
0: uh, you know, and I did not know uh, like tell me this was it a real Boeing that they crashed like while shooting
1: it? I think it was probably like some out of commission plane uh, or like just uh I have no idea how they crashed it but they actually bought a Boeing 747 uh I don't know if it was functional or non-functional something but they actually took it and actually crashed it like Nolan said that it was cheaper than uh hiring vi- hiring some visual effects people and uh making the whole thing out
0: of CGI but you know like I knew that he won't do CGI because you know Nolan has a characteristic trait that he does not want to use unnecessary CGI and VFX when there's no need like when you can do this real that is why we love these small things like beat Dunkirk or beat inception and all of this you have these little scenes which can be easily done by you know camera work and VFX but yeah he tends to you know make these crazy contraptions and make them work. So yeah.
1: Like that's the thing. Like there's there are some amazing uh in the movie like the plain one, the building that I talked that blew up in forward reverse. Which is like those things to figure out how they did it. It's so amazing because like when I watched it I was immediately like huh this is a model. They use like two of these models. They um, you know blew up two parts of the two models and then they merged the shot. And like one was in forward, one was in reverse, and like that is some amazing technical stuff that you can uh, you know enjoy when you're watching a Nolan movie. So yeah, that is great. And also like I I found out about the whole Sator Square thing. Oh yes. Tenet came
0: out. Okay, wait, don't, which, don't give don't it think, away. I'll link it in the description. Let them figure that out. Let them read that. No,
1: but uh, the second time watching it, I realized that everything on that square is mentioned in the movie. The second and the fourth one as well? Yeah. Sator is mentioned. Now, like I'll just mention all of them. Sator is obviously there because Andre uh-huh. Sator. Then you have Arepo, which is the Thomas Arepo, who's the guy who drew the fake... Uh, uh, oh, yes, drawing. yes, yes. Then you have Tenet, obviously. Then uh, what else? Opera. Opera is the opening sh- opening scene. Basically, it sets the oh, stage yeah. because it's the Kiev Opera Center and the last one is Rotas. Rotas is the company that owns all the Freeport, yes. uh, Freeport, or whatever warehouses. Yeah. Ah, so that yeah. was that was interesting. And I don't know why he used it because there's no real uh, symbolism. There's no real uh, anything in any of
0: it. No, but Madap, uh, it's. I think it's one of those squares, na? That if you inverse it, it's a palindrome. Is that if you read it from either direction? Now that is a very simple thing. Then there is some. There's also one word called um, one type of word. Uh, I don't know what is the type of the word, but an example of it would be uh, called noon. N now you can flip it around, in the palindrome, but if you look it from bottom or if you flip it upside down also, it will yeah, read yeah. the same in all directions. But this Sator square is basically, it's it can only be 4 by 4 again. palindrome, right? Yeah, So, but it's not a palindrome exactly. Because if, you, if it was an actual palindrome, you could have read it like a magic square. Basically, all the columns and all the rows would sum up to be Sator, but this that is not the case. It can only yeah. be read in the same way if you flip it inversely or it's a mirrored image. Which is whatever I think, referring to the reverse entropy thing and all of that.
1: I guess, I guess.
0: But yeah, I think we talked too much about tenet.
1: I mean, that's the whole point of this episode.
0: Yeah, I don't know whether people will hear this till this end, but if you guys have stuck around, these small facts could be very interesting for you.
1: And definitely, there are like uh, as a as a even like spy themes. There are some interesting things in it, like the secret cities in Soviet Russia, which were yes. an actual thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have you know the whole uh, nuclear aspect of it. Uh, You know, like hiding, uh, hiding the nine pieces of the algorithm within, you know, nine uh, countries with nuclear capabilities because they're the heavily, most heavily guarded. So these kind of things are very, like, you know, uh, spy thriller. uh, They have like spy thriller aspects of it, which I absolutely, which I really love, you know.
0: But okay, let me ask you this question. Given that obviously you have not seen so many movies in theater in the long, uh, like, past couple of months, and you have now, like, you know, like we all have, you know, now seen so many series. What would you have preferred? Watching this concept being more explored and a more um, slower, I would say, not a, yeah, slower and a more uh, detailed approach in a more series wise format. Or was a movie right way
1: to go? Uh, I honestly don't think I would have the patience to watch a whole series about a whole series. That be that is basically a temporal pincer movement. You know? <laughs> it was good because like I enjoyed the movie not because of the whole uh, temporal aspect of it, but because of the whole filmmaking aspect and yeah. that I got to watch it in a theater. Mm-hmm. Like I enjoyed the cinematography, I enjoyed the sound design, I enjoyed the you know uh, music, the score, all that. I don't think like because the writing I think was very. Uh, First of all, it was very fast, and second of all, it was confusing as
0: <laughs> I get that. I get that. Now, let's end the episode on this beautiful quote that you gave at the end, which I will probably cut. But uh, guys, I would suggest do watch the movie just because of uh, the sheer thought of the idea of making a movie on this and the attempt by Nolan, and find a good uh, documentary on how he made the movie because I'm sure that would be you know more amazing. But even even somebody who's not interested in you know watching behind the scenes and all of that, because the way it is made and the way it is shot and combined and you know edited together, it's really amazing.
1: And uh, you know, recommend to us uh, through whatever personal messages, comments. Uh, I don't know, send us a letter with an owl or something, uh, and tell us like which movie should be, which movie, which uh, TV show, which uh, book, which uh, uh, real life thing. I don't know, name place, animal thing, whatever we should review. <laughs> yes,
0: we are open on reviewing anything because we have become yeah. too jobless. Uh, bring it on guys and yeah a quick sneak peek Discovery Season 2 review is coming and if I once I get done with watching Mandalorian, Mandalorian Season 2 we'll review that as well but yeah stay tuned for that in Review Corner guys thank you so much for listening we'll catch you next week yes. with the new episode thank All you right. for
1: listening to the official first episode of Review Corner uh, oh no no, no no wait wait wait, not wait. it's not Let's the official
0: start... we had the official one when you had we had the great session on Saturday. Oh, okay. We are renaming book corner, guys. Don't forget. We are renaming this. There is no separate book corner and no separate review corner because there are too many things that. See, I can book corner
1: was on. like a failed pilot, and this is the reimagining of. Uh...
0: Just tell people that you're
1: too slow on reading books. That's it. No, it's like Star Trek had two pilots, so even we will have two pilots. Because why? <laughs> yeah, the book corner was the Captain Pike pilot. We need to end this episode one day or the other.
0: Thank you, guys. <laughs> Finally, bye. nobody like Bye.
1: Yeah, this is the start of the uh, podcast. Okay.
0: But bye. <laughs> thank you to all the listeners I'll catch up with you again soon with someone new and lots of interesting discussions so bye